I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This is TV worth talking about. You didn't float up the wagon on a bubble. I'm veering towards muffins. Stop making a turkey self and piss off. This is Shrine of Duty. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Shrine of Duty. I'm Brendan. I'm Hannah. And I'm Rebecca. And in season six, episode two, we heard some incredible Tedisms from Superintendent Hastings. Although that 50k from the end of season five could mean he's about to cook his goose. Um, Steve finally got promoted, kind of. Gail Vella was working on a podcast to expose the OCG's connection to the pl- to the police before her murder. It looks like DCI Joanne Davidson has pulled a serious number on her ex Farida possible planting of burner phones that no doubt have been used in the past to send a message with three words urgent exit required required we still can't figure out if buckles is one of the bentest coppers there is or in fact just an absolute eejit or both um and we did see the return of some key characters from seasons gone by including shuchen luchen aka john corbett's <laughs> widow steph ryan you bastard pilkington and possibly the voice of ross huntley's dodgy lawyer from season four jimmy lakewell um <laughs> Jim, was that in the voice of jackie laverty <laughs> help me turn it um this week, Brendan will have your recap. Hannah will have your lines of juicy and I will be bringing you lots of thoughts and theories along with details of a very exciting competition for Jed Mercurio fans. But more on that later. Ooh. Oh, yeah. But first, in the words of Celine Dion, shall we go for it? <laughs> what an obscure reference. Here yes. is Brendan with a stunning recap of season six, episode two. Okay, guys, before I start my recap, I have a question. Have we noticed? Because I keep missing it on the credits. Is it content television? Is it world productions? What does it say? Oh, no, love. I thought you were keeping track of that. No. I- <laughs> no, Brendan, that's on you, Pat. <laughs> Well, guys, I haven't seen it. I think it's, I don't think it's on the credits. I think maybe they've taken it off because they're more. Well, you'd want to get it together for it next week. There was a restructure management. Okay, I'll I'll keep an eye. But I actually looked extra close and I couldn't see it at all. Anyway, that's besides the point. Guys, just before you start the recap, can I tell you some really good news? (gasps) Yes. I'm temporarily out of the car. Where are you? I'm in the big smoke. I had to come into town and I'm in our Craig's office looking out here oh. at the Liffey with a pillow surrounding me as if I'm trying to suffocate myself. I, I, I hope our Craig is charging us a high hourly rate for the use of that space. 
he's in the next room being extremely silent. But I just had to tell you, just so people can envision, I'm actually not in a car for the first time in six months. And thanks be to God, because it's a scorcher of a day outside today. So I would have been sweating. It's a really hot day. Yeah. Thanks, Sarah Craig. Okay, so before even um, this week's episode started, in the recap of what previously happened, it didn't just include shots of last week. It included shots of the bent bastard Ryan from last season. Um, Specifically him saying, it was a police officer that inspired me to join the force. Simon Banerjee? Yeah. 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 We also see the shot of Ryan slitting John Corbett's throat. Okay, so the episode begins with Ted telling AC12 that he has authorised an official inquiry into Operation Lighthouse. He says Gail Vela's murder is the highest profile case they've ever had. Steve then here tells the uh, wider AC12 team that nobody on MIT is aware that they're going to investigate Operation Lighthouse, which is a fucking lie, Stephen, because you met Kate in the car last week and gave her that knobby signal. So somebody on MIT is aware. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Kate and Joe discuss if Terry Boyle or Carl Banks could have killed Gail Vela. Kate says that uh, Alistair Aldroyd, remember he's the chiz, uh, could have been a, a murder, which means somebody on the inside had info. And at this point, Joe says, what I've learned over my time at the police force is that the less police in the know, the better. Farida asks Buckles for a transfer for personal reasons. Now, Buckles just simply being Buckles is in an absolute flap because of this. Um, he tells Joe that he needs Farida because they're just about to crack the Gail Vela case and that he needs all the bodies he can possibly have. Alive ones, not dead. Uh, Joe says... No sweat buckles. I'll write her a great reference. Let's get rid of her. And in confidence, I noticed some issues with Farida. Now, I didn't want to say anything, but the last thing you need is a tribunal. I laughed at this so much because Buckles clearly doesn't even know what a tribunal is. Not that I do, but Buckles no. does not know. He's like, what? What? And he's like, all right, thanks. I also thought Joe's delivery of this was very Jill Bigelow. She's like, the last thing you need, love, is a tribunal. <laughs> yes. And then she says, so I'll write her a glowing reference and she'll be some other station's problem, she calls her. A week earlier, she was in bed with her. Um, back at AC12, Ted, Steve and Chloe, who is Steve's basically new sidekick, his new Kate. But they're kind of not really gelling as well. Um, they look over old videos of Gail Vela's TV news reports. She was reporting on the first case that Steve was ever involved in. This was them bashing in the door, season number one, episode number one, the digit, the number on the door was the wrong way up. They shot dead an innocent man and his boss at the time, Philip Osborne, tried to pressure him to cover it up and he didn't. That's how he ended up in AC12. Um, she was also reporting on Fairbanks' child abuse case and police corruption. After they finish viewing the footage, Ted just says, poor wee girl, killed in cold blood and her killer free as a bird. Um, Steve says it can't be a coincidence that Carl Banks had links to the OCG. Ted says that the order must have come from higher up. Um, They can't figure out why why Gail was murdered, though. Ted was like, yeah, she was a controversial journalist, but like, surely there's more to it than that. And Steve suggests that maybe she had uncovered more that they're not aware of. Now, guys, I need to give a shout out to the uh, lighting director in Line of Duty season six. Have you noticed the lighting in Ted's office? Oh, yeah. I 
actually, like, do you know what, Brian? Now that you say it, I didn't actually really notice it, but now you say it, I think that AC12HQ is looking great. It, it, like, it's lit spectacularly. I think Ted is like a gorgeous. Do you remember one of those touch lamps that will be like your granny's house and you could touch the base of it and it would go like three different shades? I didn't have that my granny's house. You turn it up and down your with your granny's fingers. Glam AF. You definitely, people definitely had those but lamps. Yes, it mm. is. Lamps his light is great. Daily. Yeah. Um, anyway, the lighting in Ted's office is is really doing wonders for everyone that greets him in there. Uh, Ted's phone rings and sure, it's only Chechen Lechen. She's downstairs and says that Ted promised to call her back. And I've watched this episode three times and I'm pretty much when they walk out, she says it's HMRC, which is revenue. revenue. For Irish people. Um, Steve watches on from the balcony in one of those moody looks. Um, Joe leaves her bolted apartment and Farida is hanging around the corner with her hood up. So Farida was aware of this gorgeous Smeg fridge apartment or at least its location. If she hadn't ever been in there. Oh, that's a really good spot. Yeah. Is she oh, leaving boy, her house friend. there? Now, guys, I've made an assumption. I assume I wasn't sure where I she was going. She was leaving her her flat with the smeg fridge like inside. It. Okay. So if yeah. that is where she was leaving, Farida at least knows the location of it. And she's stalking her either way. Uh-huh. Uh, Steve and Chloe. And keep that image of Farida in your mind because someone wrote us in a brilliant observation about that scene, which we'll talk mm. about. In okay. Uh, Steve and Chloe visit Gail's old work and a producer there tells them that he told police at the time of Gail's murder that he suspected her house had been burgled and recordings and writings that Gail had from different reports had been taken. He plays them a clip of Gail's report on uh, Andrea Wise and Rohan in which she completely goes off of them in this report. And like, I think the woman knows nothing about defamation for a decent journalist. She's like, um, Sindwani has learned the secret to high office lies not in revealing truths, but hiding the most attractive lies. Um, so the producer goes, obviously that bit was cut from her live TV report. Beautifully and, written though, wasn't it? No, absolutely poetic. I'm giving that a line of juicy clacks oh, and I think that's stunning. Yeah, it is a line of juicy. Uh, so the producer tells... Um, uh, Steve and Chloe that, that 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 section of the report never saw the light of day because you couldn't broadcast that um, Can I say one thing about the producer someone did tweet us at one point and said that the producer is <sighs> in the IMDB credits for a few like for episodes coming up so there could be more He's going to get more yeah, involved be more uh, to that producer Um so he also tells them that Gail was inspired by the Daniel Morgan murder podcast, which we uh, found out was real this week, uh, to start I her own. Lit. Yeah, it's Absolutely so good, isn't lit. it? You need to listen to it if you haven't. Oh, I, I, I subscribed this week, but I haven't started it. I'm going to. Um, so You're going to love it, Brendan. I know that the stuff that you like, a good journalism yeah. podcast, your man is a private detective. It's so interesting and it's ongoing. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to get started. Um, so Gail was inspired by this amazing pro- podcast to start one of her own. And all that material that she wasn't allowed to use or broadcast on TV, she was kind of keeping it aside to 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 build her own podcast that can go a bit deeper than you can on um, television. So the producer said that Gail never finished the podcast. I'm sorry, I, d- I didn't take note of his name. Um uh, said she did yeah she didn't uh, finish the podcast um, that she was digging much more deeply into the link between police and Dale Roach that is that disgusting ex-counsellor friend of Patrick Fairbank and child abuser who makes me want to vomit every time I see him Ted tells Steve not to stress about what Kate will think when she finds out that AC12 is investigating Joe he then says loyalty works both ways and tells Steve that he's making him a temporary DI. Do you see Ted's little smile here in this scene? 
did you see Steve's kind of look of, I don't know, was he offended that it was a temporary position or was he suspicious? I, I don't know. I'm is, suspicious. Yeah, is he suspicious yeah. because he like has Head been looking at his emails, but like has Head been looking at his emails to Nicola or something? I don't know. It's very convenient timing, isn't it? Yeah. But guys, if you go back and watch this, the topic that they were discussing just before Ted's, and I believe Ted came up with this on the spot, as he said, he hadn't talked to HR and it wasn't official and it was temporary. They were talking about Kate. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, and Ted, uh, Steve, I'm going to give you a promotion. And if you watch Ted, every single time they speak about Kate, he changes the subject. Last week it was, and Chloe's a good week girl, wasn't mm, it? And this yeah. week was, Asher, I'll give you a promotion. He does yeah, guys, keep changing the subject and he, he's kind of acting a bit too angry at her. It's something, there's something a bit not believable about it. I feel like they could be in cahoots. They could be working yeah. together. But also, surely yeah. if Kate left, that opened that DI position. So everyone should move up <gasps> a rank. So why did that not happen when Kate left? Because I think Good Kate point. hasn't left. She hasn't officially left, guys. Well, then yeah. he's not doing a great job of covering up then. At least pretend to fill the position. I, know. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Steve goes back to his desk and there's an email there waiting for him from Nicola, who we met in the last episode, saying her boss is definitely up for having a chat about him moving to their department. Uh, Kate and Steve meet in a graffitied underpass, our absolute favourite. They are wearing stunning coats, both of them. Steve in particular. That jacket is lovely. They've upped the wardrobe this season. I also was hoping for Dot's Cup from season three just to be lying there. No not cup. biodegradable at all. Yeah. Uh, Steve says that AC12 are moving forward with Vela. He says that he wants to give Kate the heads up and also asks her to feed him information about Joe Davidson and Operation Lighthouse. Kate says she won't rat. And there's, I think there's a lot of juicy here, Hannah. Guys, hang on. Let me look at my notes. I don't think I have this one. You always choose a rice shithole. Is that what she said? Yeah. Yeah. And apparently that smells terrible, that underpass I heard in another podcast. Oh, really? With our dot. Yeah. Apparently it smells terrible. Yes. Uh, Joe and Kate. We're still going to get a photo up with guys and recreate that scene from season three if we ever get the opportunity to travel again. Absolutely. (laughs) Joe and Kate arrive at a murder scene. Chris is already there and he greets them and says the body has had its throat slit and it matches the appearance of Carl Banks. We then hear a young officer declare, good news, ma'am, we found a knife. And those of you with good hearing and who are fans of the show will have copped before you even saw him that the bent bastard Ryan is a fully uniformed police officer and on the job. Oh, my God. And I had the subtitles on right after your recommendation last week, Hannah, to have the subtitles on while watching Line of Duty. And it said Pilkington. And I still squealed when I saw his his reveal because he had his back turned. That man loves having his back turned. He does. We'll get to that. Oh, God. (laughs) Back at the hill, Chris confirms the freshly murdered body is Carl Banks. Ryan offers to make tea. And when Kate says, you look familiar, he says, maybe you gave a talk at the training college. Very quick. He's very good. Fingerprints on the knife found at that murder scene match uh, Aldridge, the chiz. It's all a little too convenient. Back at AC12, Chloe calls Steve Sarge and quickly corrects herself and goes, oh, I mean, sir, uh, she's just got an alert on her box, I'm pretty sure she said, uh, that Carl Banks is dead. And Ted storms out of the office and he's like, right, that's it. All up to the hill and get me those lighthouse documents. Steve and co arrive in convoy at the hill, but when they present permission from Wise to raid, Joe comes out of her office with a document that she got from Wise, which says because of concerns of an internal leak, she's granted special permission for the hill to withhold those lighthouse files. 
Ryan is in the office when they enter here and he just turns his back to Steve. He literally just turns his back. He's staring at this random notice board that has nothing on it. It's like, you know, when you're eating food and a dog keeps staring at you and every time you look at the dog, then the dog pretends he's not looking at you and looks away. Guys, also, do you know what? So close to the wall as well. Like, like you just would not realistically be standing on front of a wall. (laughs) It's ridiculous. But you know when Steve and co all walk in here, it's one of my favourite scenes ever because Steve's walking at the front and then like it's all the backing dancers behind him. It's iconic. It's like J-Lo and Hustlers. It is. And it's like Beyonce's Super Bowl performance when Destiny's Child are behind her and she's like, can you keep up, baby boy? Like, I feel like I could put that music on it. And the way they pulled in in those four Volvos, more product placement, and then boom, you can't the have product placement in, in the BBC. Well, Brendan, I mean, can you explain to me then why there was seventy-five shots of BMWs last week, ad level? I don't know. Cinematic it's... drone shots. I mean, I know the BBC's um, funding is struggling, isn't it? But they're not allowed. Maybe they're just doing a favor <laughs> for a local like a uh, car rental business or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, Ryan's still looking at the wall and AC12 leave empty-handed. Homer uh, Simpson in the bush. Ryan Pilkington <laughs> yeah. is Homer Simpson disappearing into the bush. And, that's he, and he's slitting people's throats. He's like, would you like a cuppa? Oh, yeah, no thanks. I know, that's exactly it. I'm here like laughing at him and being like, oh, look at him facing the wall. So when he's like, no, he's, he's a serial killer. cold-blooded killer, yeah. serial killer child. So AC12 leave uh, the hill empty-handed uh, because of Joe's sneaky one with Andrea Wise. And then Joe goes over to Kate and says, cheers, Kate, nice one. Two seconds later, he has, he's in the car park of the hill still. Steve phones Kate and she's watching him from a window. And he's like, I trusted you, mate. And Kate says, yeah, sorry, I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. What was I supposed to do? Uh, what were we supposed to do? Say nothing. You didn't have to say that Steve had told you anything. I think Kate's playing the long game here. I think Kate yeah. is just she's trying to... Over in her back. Yeah, I think she's trying to get Joe's trust. I think she's... Yeah. D- d- yeah, I think Kate is... Uh, she's playing both sides, but I think that she's doing it uh, for the greater good. Okay. Uh, but it's that tactic where you tell a smaller lie that looks like you're admitting to something to continue to conceal the bigger lie. So she's like, look, I'll fuck Steve under the bus and give away this AC12 rage to yeah, continue because the chances were it was going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ted visits Andrea and Rohan uh, and there's a Jill-shaped hole in the office, to be honest. you like, She was always sitting over there to the right on kind of one of these like cushioned storage boxes in my mind. You know, with the kind of like the, the thing, the lever that you lift up and you can stick a few cushions She loved in popping in that side door. Oh, yeah. you missed that purple blouse. And then she'd just the interject with stuff mm. and just, you know, scathing remarks. I just, I just really missed her presence. Uh, Rohan yeah. says that AC12's investigation of Operation Lighthouse needs to be correctly handled so the public don't leap to the wrong conclusion. Uh, he says this isn't an investigation into police corruption. And Ted is like, normally the investigation precedes the findings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my God. and um, Rohan says officers of your rank normally are interested in both politics as well as policing and at this point Ted delivers his classic line I'm interested in one thing and one thing only and that's bent coppers uh, Wise says that she uh, will reissue permission for AC12 uh, to get all those documents on Operation Lighthouse. And Ted gets kind of really pissed off at this point and he starts shouting. And he's like, my officers have been delayed for nothing more than a PR briefing. And he's like, I'm really concerned now that Hill are hiding evidence. And Wise turns around and she's like, they're not hiding evidence, Ted. They're just working their bollocks off to find Gail's killer. Outside of uh, mm-hmm. Rohan and Wise's office then, uh, Steve is out on the street. Ted comes out and he's like... Um, well, I suppose it was you then, 
that uh, made the mess and I've got to clear it up. And uh, Steve doesn't deny it. So he's like, well, I, I assume you trust Kate more than um, Farida. So I, I'm gathering that you told Kate here. Uh, so there's another line of juicy another here. another line of juicy there. Yes. I reckon you'd only trust Kate with this kind of information. Yeah, well, she's cooked her goose now. I love it. She's cooked her goose now. I've never heard that phrase. Never. What does that just mean? No, You're but done. I guess burnt burned her bridges, I think. Burned your bridges, yeah. He also Sh- said, shot herself in the foot kind yeah. of thing, is it? I don't he know. also yeah. said yeah. blew the gaff as well, which I really liked. Um, Ted says, Joe will be laughing on the other side of her face. Serve her with a reg 15. <laughs> Steve pops a few pills and tries to visit Chicken Licken. He seems suspicious that she's managed to afford to keep the house and have the fancy TV and the full Sky Sports package. In the background, guys, also, she's every gadget going on that kitchen counter. She's got a gorgeous... She's got a gorgeous... Go what's the thing that you make the water fizzy with? Soda stream. Soda stream? Yeah, it's black and gold. Does she have a KitchenAid? I don't know. Mm. Why was he visiting her? Be- what because... Was the because he saw her and Ted, and I suppose he was just trying to suss it out. Yeah, so Steve doesn't know about the 50k that Ted gave her at the end of season five, but I think that Steve saw them talking and was like, what is going on there? Because perhaps Steve is still suspicious about Ted after last season. But there's clearly a relationship between the two of them. She was very friendly. So he's been up there before. Yeah. And guys, I swear she checked his arse out at one point. No, guys, that hug they had at the end. I've watched this three times. She was like, you were very good, you know, after John died. And she blatantly looks down at his bum. And I think that Steve feels guilty (laughs) about John's death as well. Yeah, because here is well. Yeah, but don't ride his wife like as an apology. Well, the man's got form. That's not the way to go about it, Pat. Um, I don't know. Here oh, as I'm well, just really says, freaked by um, that whole thing. She says, uh, he was like, oh, you know, well, he died in the line of duty. And um, Steph is like, oh, well, I'm glad you see it that way because the, the, the bosses didn't. So she obviously didn't get a life insurance or she says she got his life insurance, but th- she wouldn't have got his pension. She wouldn't pension. have got is his death it? in service yeah. um, that Tony Gates' family did get at yeah. the end of season one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as Steve goes to sit down in Chicken Licken's lounge uh, while she makes him tea, his back spasms. And guys, this acting was so good. I felt like I was in pain myself. Like I was. Yeah, but was Steve Arnott acting? Mm, I mm. yeah. I mm, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. And if Steve Arnott was acting, Steve Arnott is a great actor. Someone did point out that they showed us that he takes pills in the car. Now, we obviously know he has an addiction, so it's plausible that he'd need them again at that point. But we'll talk about it in thoughts and pills. But a lot of people think he just wanted her out of the house. Well, and out of the house she ran because Chicken Licken went to the car and she's spoiled for choice, lads, with what pills to bring him. Um, AC12 arrived back at the hill to collect all those files on Operation Lighthouse because they're allowed to now. Uh, Chloe also goes into Joe's office and issues her with her Reg 15. And she's like, you are due at a glass box spectacular within the next 10 days bitch alright Joe and Kate are out for a bit of grub in what looks like a prezzo or like similar sort of chain having a cheap looking white wine Joe is devastated over this reg 15 and Kate says look I know how you feel it's just the way AC12 operate here Joe says that she gets she seems to use this opportunity to get really cosy with Kate and she's like you know Gail Vela young woman in her prime could have been anyone could have been you or me Kate and then 
these two lads into the table next to them offer to buy them drinks and when you're when this guy is like oh can I get you that Joe just like takes her badge out and flashes her badge at him I'm obsessed with this scene I think it is so iconic yeah I don't know how it's I felt iconic. about it and then she turns around to Kate and she's like oh my god I'm really sorry maybe you wanted in with those guys at that table and Kate is like no it's alright not really my type and then they gaze mm-hmm. deeply at one another the game Steve? Do we still have that hockey? Because <laughs> it will be perfect. Oh my God, let me press moment. one of these. I think we do. So. Oh, no. Oh, thank you, my no, adoring fans. <laughs> no. Also, Brendan, can we get a, a line of juicy clacks? And I feel like that yes. would be brilliant because we could just interrupt the recap <laughs> with it. Do you know I'm what I mean? I'm just pressing all these buttons. No. What was that? Oh, this it's could the be blue a line. One. And, and now we have a line of juicy. It's the blue one, Brendan. Yeah, that could be gorgeous, actually. The blue one's the only one you didn't press. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, oh, we're sorry. done with those. Sorry. Uh, Steve leaves Chicken Lichens. It's now dark outside. So guys, he's been there for quite a while. What was he doing for all those hours in between the spasm and the leaving? Maybe he needed a massage. Mm. Um, he apologises for his back acting up. Um, Steph says, uh, the company is nice. And she says, if you're around at all, you should call in. Uh, then there's a really awkward look. There's kind of a lot of hesitation. And then they have a hug. Um, before he's like... Oh, I'm going to head off now. You head back inside. It's going to take me a while to reset the sat-nav. Guys, what sat-nav needs resetting? Do you, does it not just come on? Like, like I, he meant to like input the, his address. But where was he going? He's either going to work or home. So press, surely he'd yeah, know how to you get there. Press a button that says work, work or press a button that says home. Yeah, I don't, now, yeah, I saw someone on Twitter remark that she lives in Liverpool, but she actually doesn't just to clear it up in case people thought Steve drove from London to Liverpool for a ride. She lives near the hill because she's up very high on a hill. So okay. he was actually passing, but he still did go out of his way to go over to her house. Okay, okay. Uh, Joe and Kate walk home after what I imagine was probably a prawn Alfredo in that prezzo. Uh, Kate says that she's free this weekend if uh, you want to hang. Joe says, um, I've got to check my diary. And then they have a kind of a goodbye hug. And then they come out of the hug and Joe is like, my diary's empty. I've just come out of a long-term relationship. I would really like to see you this weekend. Must have been a good hug. It must have been a great hug. And then they walk their separate ways. Uh, Back at AC12, the team discuss how the... uh, Mm. What is that word? I've absolutely mashed into the keyboard and can't spell. Give us a clue. We can um, play a little detective thing. The computers. Oh, got it. It's computers with an I. Uh, <laughs> back at AC12, <laughs> the team discussed how the computers found at Gail Vela's home were suspiciously clean. Uh, just one partially downloaded audio file. Um, they suspect that what happened here was she was murdered. Her home was robbed, like that producer had told them. And the gang stole all of Gail Vela's uh, computers and replaced them with like fake clean ones. And what happened was they basically like the cloud started partially downloading a bit of an audio file before they realized they stopped it. But they got a couple of seconds of it. Steve, in an office of HC12, listens to this audio and it's Gail interviewing a man. And we hear him say the words... There's some people you can't challenge. And a lot of people seem to think that this person is Jimmy Lakewell. Jimmy Lakewell, he doesn't sound like that. Can I say one thing as well? Do you know the way you're one? It's Amanda, isn't it? From Yes. I thought it was really interesting that Amanda she was Gow, back. Amanda cybercrime. Yeah, because I think that her being back is a real jogging your memory about Ted's laptop that we still don't really believe just had porn on it. I thought it was interesting that her character was back. I know she would be investigating the, the laptop, but it was a nice kind of reminder. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, but guys, I don't know why, but I'm honestly obsessed with Amanda Gale. I think it's because her name is so fab and dramatic and she's just like, I just think she does great work and Ted was really rude to her last season. So I hope she comes back as a powerful bitch and solves something really important <laughs> yes. this time around. Not like us to love a and strong like, female Amanda lead. Gale, cyber crime. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's such a ring to her. There I'm could just, be a spinoff series of her. I feel like she drives everyone mad because he was like, hi, Amanda. <laughs> and they feel like a one what you want now and I'm like Amanda Gow is going to be the person that finds Bob the Builder in Spain and we're going to be obsessed yeah. with her by the end of this yeah. so could everyone just give her the light of day please uh, so Chloe comes into that room where Steve is listening to the audio clip of possibly Jimmy Lakewell um, and the H cork board is back up on the wall uh, Steve says that Ted is just never going to give up on this whole H thing and then when Chloe asks him he's like I've moved on Dressed in what is an homage to the Aer Lingus uniform and Hannah, I, you were on the live tweets this week. I saw that you thought the exact same thing. Joe arrives. But she even had the bone. Like my sister is Everything. an Aer with Aer Lingus and I'm like, it looks like she is going to work on Fair Play Trucks. There's not that many flights out at the moment. But where is she off to? <laughs> what was that? Well, she's off to AC12 for a glass box spectacular. That's the only place she's going. A lovely shot here of Ted and Steve standing on the stairs in the AC12 lobby, like looking down on them. <laughs> tweet saying staff when I walk into Lush (laughs) (laughs) no the staff in Lush don't wait back they're on top of you are they They that wouldn't work in a pandemic Um, guys Lush and Claire's accessories they need to to revisit their like what they brief their staff in it's too much and after we've been locked up for a year people won't be able to handle it (laughs) I'm sweating like visioning walking into Lush and someone coming at me you're just going in to look do they come at you oh my god they come at you oh I completely missed the point of that tweet I thought they left alone they're just talking amongst themselves no they just they <laughs> pounce I've ever been pounce, in lush. pounce high, yes <laughs> um, okay so in wearing her Aer Lingus uniform Joe arrives at AC12 for her glass box spectacular there is a long beep here guys I counted 12 seconds Jesus it's definitely one of the longest we've had. Uh, Ted, Steve and Chloe begin questioning Joe about Operation Lighthouse. This whole glass, bex- uh, glass box spectacular is long. The general gist is that they don't believe a fucking word out of Joe's mouth. Ted is like, I don't know how you could have seen that an armed robbery was taking place at the bookies while passing in the car on the way to arrest the suspect in Gail Vela's murder. Ted is like, and you were going like the clappers. He got that line out again this week. Joe says, the driver's eyes, this is the guy in the van outside the bookie. She's like, his eyes were fixed on the road, ready for a getaway. He wasn't on his phone or reading a newspaper. How the fuck did you see that now, bitch? Have you ever heard such shite? Nonsense. Um, and she's like, call it police officer's instinct. And Ted is like, yeah, I might be getting one of those myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> Mystic Meg, like, I wouldn't even pull that prediction uh, Joe's decision. Put on our line of Judy Claxon. Oh yeah, hold on. Wait, which one is that one? <laughs> oh look, an armed robbery. <laughs> um, Ted says that Joe's decision caused a two-hour delay getting to Gail Vela's suspect. The surveillance was absent for three hours and thirty-five minutes because the wrong surveillance authority was given. Joe says a senior officer was to blame for that form, but she refused to say who. So why is Joe protecting Buckles? Steve points out that Gail's murder had all the hallmarks with contract killings and that Terry Boyle has learning difficulties so questions uh, if uh, so he questions if Terry would have been capable of carrying out the murder Joe says well that's why I didn't charge Terry Boyle 
Joe says Terry had motive as an obsessed fan of Gail Vela. And she's like, there's no known motive for Carl Banks. Steve suggests that Gail was working on an explosive journalism story and that her work was stolen from her house as well as her being killed. Joe says that information is not in the files at the Hill, that documents uh, and interviews and audio recordings were stolen from Gail's house. Uh, the postmortem on Carl Banks confirms that his throat was slit. And Ted here says, call me suspicious, DCI Davidson, but I think Carl Banks was killed because he was shouting his mouth off about him killing Gail Vela. And they knew that your team was going to be delayed and the route you were on. And they also knew that surveillance was absent. Uh, None of this could have happened without you and you alone deciding for some reason that I cannot fathom that you needed to investigate that van sitting outside the bookies. Joe says criminals make mistakes that's how we catch them Ted says I could say the exact same prints on the knife that were found at Carl Banks uh, murder scene which was just left there and not hidden at all uh, proves that the fingerprints of um, Alistair Aldroyd the Chiz his fingerprints are on that knife that guy surely Ryan did that Ryan did yeah, that to of course. Jo- like, yeah. yeah surely yeah. Uh, Ted doesn't believe it and there's another line of juicy here he was 10 stone ringing wet. Is that that one? He was 10 stone ringing wet. Also, guys, I thought we should start doing line of juicy of the week. And that's my line of juicy of the week. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, he was 10 stone ringing wet. What does that mean that you're even lighter if you're not wet? So, yeah, it basically means even if he was dripping wet and his clothes had all the water in the him and his hair, he wouldn't even be 10 stone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So Very good. Shut up, basically, with your claim. Yeah. Uh, Ted says uh, none of this could have happened without links to organised crime. And he is shock-on'd when Joe agrees and says, yes, it could have only happened in an officer on my team link- leaked information to an OCG. Steve then cautions Joe and Ted asks her if she leaked info or knows of anyone that leaked info. She says no and asks them to check her phone records. Uh, She's like, search my address, search my car, search my phone. And when she asks if they're done, Ted says no and arrests her on suspicion of perversion in the course of justice. Just as Ted does go to terminate the interview, Joe says, wait, and then says, an OCG needed time. If I was SIO on this, I'd want to know who knew about this also ahead of time. Me, Farida and Buckles. If you're going to search my home, I suggest you search theirs as well. Why didn't she say Kate here? Yeah. Is she also playing a long obviously game? Obviously, she knows that she's probably put something in Farida's house I, and planted yeah, it there. Yeah, I thought it was whatever. either. I thought it was she was either going to f- try and frame Farida or Kate here. Yeah, but she obviously wants Kate on her side yeah, or is for Kate some plan reason. B if the Farida thing goes tits yeah, up or something, I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, yeah. Uh, back at the hill Buckles is shouting his mouth off again uh, when Steve arrives to tell him that they're searching his phones he's like is this a piss take or what a joke a total pig and joke and then he says when you f- when you find my jazz mags feel free to knock one out oh Jesus now guys I don't know Jesus. is jazz uh, mags a nickname for like dirty mags or is he actually into like jazz music and he's now I think he means it. like a jizz mag well, maybe they didn't want to put jizz in because it sounds like shiz and they said that 75 times. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is Jack like lads mags? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. Also, but guys, did you notice? Just a bit of cheeky fun. Temporarily. 
What? What say, Hannah? I had to run out for a wee and I texted you, but I don't know if you thought I was like, Vihan, I bolted it down the oh, stairs. Oh, no, you're fine. You, no, that's all good. Is that 36? Edit. Um, okay, so Chloe phoned Steve to say they found burner phones in Farida's house. Uh, Farida is hauled into AC12 by the scruff of the neck and she insists she is being framed by Joe. She tells AC12 that they were lovers but broke up. Now, Ted and Steve are like, you're here. If they broke up, why did she come to us in the first place? Like, we have to now consider the fact that she was just a scorned lover and was trying to get Joe in trouble. Uh, Farida is arrested. Joe is released, who gets a lift to pick up her car with the bent bastard Ryan. And when she gets into the car with Ryan, he's like, I don't know if they told you about Farida. And Joe says, that's what happens to a rat. They pull up in a dark car park where a man with a lovely long beard like looks definitely looks like he uses a beard oil. Who is that hairy man? Someone <laughs> tweeted and said that they thought it was Nigel Morton. It's not Nigel Morton. <laughs> they thought Nigel Morton just gone like, you know, let the hair grow to well, a Well, guys, if Neil Morrissey, Bob the Builder himself, could grow a beard like that, I'm very impressed. I mean, maybe, But who is that hairy man? I, d- I don't think he's anyone. Who is that hairy man? <laughs> who is the hairy man? Uh, so the hairy man is in like an SUV type vehicle <laughs> and he drives off. And when he drives off, it reveals a small box on the ground underneath where his car was. Joe pops on some lovely purple gloves. They're like purple marigolds. And then she gets out of the car and she picks up the box, opens it, and there's a burner phone inside. Kel surprise. Um, and as the Line of Duty theme music builds, she's sat in the front of her car, slapping the windows and screaming in frustration and terror and feelings of being bribed well the thing is though with her there right I'm like love yeah plant all those burner phones all you want but once you're in with them they're never going to let you escape they have her on something yeah yeah it's absolutely shocking I really really enjoyed this episode thought it was a lot more pacier than the first episode which was a scene setter definitely and that is the end of episode two hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Brendan, well done. What was the crack with the Marigold's gloves? Like she's taken the phone and the box. 
I, but does she maybe use the gloves the whole time she uses Well, I mean, phone? maybe she wants to use that burner phone to plant on somebody else down the line. No fingerprints, I suppose, mm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Good Jesus, point. yeah. But, like, she's not going to escape. Also, Ryan driving her, I was getting shivers when I saw him in that car. I thought he was going to, I thought she could have been a goner. Yeah, so did I, but it turns out she sort of knew him, didn't she? Oh, yeah, but you're like, who put Ryan in there when Farida asked for the transfer? It was either Joe or Buckles. Yeah, and they did say they did say in the episode that this is Farida's replacement. Yeah. It's too perfect, though. I'm like, hang on a second. Ryan's just in the door. He's asking people if they want a cup of tea. Like, Farida's experienced. I think that is rude that they put him in. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but was, was somebody Farida still a uniformed officer, though? I don't know what rank was she. Hang on, let me find out. Yeah, because she, well, I mean, she's been working for a while. Like, she was working for Roz in whatever, whenever season four was out, whatever year that was. So, like, she, she was pretty experienced. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I just thought it's like, too what's weird. going on here with Joe? Like, the whatever the OCG have on her is something that links back to the photograph that she was staring at in that house. So, whoever that other woman was in the photograph with her is who we're, I think, supposed to assume that was. There's something, there's a link to the photograph and the OCG, and they have something over her now to help them from the inside. Mm. And she just feels stuck between a rock and a hard place I think yeah and she's just been severely blackmailed it's very it, it does remind me of Lindsay Denton um, of how she was getting involved in the um, ambush in season 2 because she wanted to help Carly Kirk and she didn't really know what she was getting herself into yeah and maybe Joe thought oh I'll spot that uh, that armed robbery and just divert the thing and maybe I'll be done then but sure you're never done guys Farida is a sergeant which is the same rank as Steve so it is really rude that they replaced her with someone in the door five minutes rude rude um, will we die into some thoughts and theories yes. and I know you've been scanning all of our socials yes I've been on the socials to kick us off we we did two polls recently um so I'm going to read you out the results of those so we asked this week is Kate deep undercover and the result was 74% yes 26% no what do you guys think I don't yeah I don't, yeah, I, I, don't I think know. she is I think she is I think she could be working with Ted or she's working possibly with AC3, yeah, Carmichael. Yeah, there's a yeah. Is she sniffing out Buckles? Is Steve sniffing out Ted? Are they trying to, you know, investigate still who the H thing is? Steve's were like, oh, I've forgotten about that. I'm like, no, you bleeding haven't. Yeah, I think they Kate may be working. The stairs. Like, no, you haven't. I think Kate may be working for like AC3 or AC9, like one of the others. Yeah, I think yeah. there's something going on and just the Ted and her thing. Yeah, I have a question mark over that. I'm not sure. Ted knows. We also asked a poll um, last week. I forgot to read out the results of it. What does everyone think of Joanna Davidson? This got the like very similar percentages to the other poll. 74% of people think she's bent, while 26% of people think she's clean as a whistle. Now, I know we didn't give a third option there, and a lot of people commented that she falls in the gray area where she might be being blackmailed or be bent, but for a good reason. Yeah. But um, yeah, people... People just aren't sure how they feel about her, but don't think she's innocent. Um, so thank you to everyone who tweeted in or Instagrammed in a theory. I think Sunday night was the busiest night we have ever had on Twitter. I couldn't actually keep up with the amount of notifications and amazing theories we're getting in. Also, big shout out to uh, Shalom Brini Franklin, because we tweeted out about her character, DC Chloe. It was the most liked tweet that we've ever sent from the Shrine of Judy account. And it was just 
saying that she really came into her own this week and that we're really enjoying her character. So that's amazing. Um, Okay, so I broke up these social theories into little categories. Voice on the tape. So the tape that we heard uh, Gail Vela's producer play, his name, he's the actor is actually Prasanna Huana Raja, and he was in Dr. Foster, if anyone watched that, and also Patrick Melrose, two shows that we love. Patrick Melrose, so um, Yeah, so his character is Nadaraja. So he's really cool, and he's actually going to be in it all the way up to episode seven. So one to watch there. So um, a lot of people said they thought that voice was Sindwani, Rohan. There was a couple of people that thought it might be Hilton, but the resounding theory, and I completely agree with this, and so do you guys, is that it was Jimmy Lakewell. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, okay, we had a lot of theories in on Joe Davidson, what her crack is. So Suzanne Curley said, Ryan wormed his way into Joe's good books in the 18 months since season five, recruited her to the OCG and is now blackmailing her and she's in too deep. Steve is bent, passing AC12 info to his old boss from counter-terrorism, who is now the chief. I don't, I'm not there for that Steve is bent theory, but there's definitely something going on with Joe and Ryan. Jamap1999T said the OCG definitely have something on Joe herself or her mum. That's why she's doing what she's doing. She wouldn't choose to do this. At Mimic Cat Board said Joe is deep undercover investigating buckles and hillsides linked to the OCG, but has John Corbett's dog gone, gone a bit rogue and has been inadvertently dragged into something much bigger than she can handle. Would explain the safe house and telling Farida, I have no family. I thought that was an interesting take that she's actually staying in a safe house. Yeah, I wonder, did they they search her house? Surely AC12 would have seen all those locks. Yeah. And like Farida knows where she lives, as Brendan pointed out in his recap. So it's not as if she's, like unless Farida knows from being in the relationship with her, but I get the opinion that Farida wasn't allowed near that house and that's why they lived at her place. Yeah. Um, at Ali Mully said, I think Joe was either Gail Vela's source or having an affair with her while living with Farida. That's the hold the OCG or the corrupt police officers have on her. At I'm Ellen C, Davidson's mum died and she went into a children's home and was groomed as a caddy like Dot and Ryan. A lot of people are connecting Joe back to the children's home or back to the Sands view. Yeah, Lisa McQueen perhaps as well. I I have a theory about that later, that there's similarities between them perhaps. Okay, interesting. And then at Seacott underscore 94, I reckon Davidson is doing dodgy things because a criminal organization is holding someone she cares about hostage or something similar. So people have lots of theories on Joe, but no one's really sure what's going on. Um, some theories on Steve and John Corbett's widow Chichen Lechen. At <laughs> Ali or- Oil Oracle said, I think there's going to be a love story with Steve and John Corbett's widow. I mean, wouldn't be like him. At that, Sarah Coles, I reckon Steve sent Corbett's wife to his car for another reason, to snoop around, to get her fingerprints. He's definitely suspicious about the money from Ted. And when I watched back, he is remarking an awful lot on all of the stuff she has and getting to keep the house and having the Sky Sports subscription, which guys from living with a football addict is a bleeding fortune. She was like, it's very cheap. It's all included. I'm like, Steph, that's an absolute lie. Cheapest chips. 
Rebecca, I mean, your ability to do accents is just really stunning. Guys, thank you so <laughs> much. Put that applause hotkey up there now for a second. It's the yellow and Brendan. Mean, get, get yourself an IMDb. Thank quick. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. At John or so, obviously the 5K from Ted has raised eyebrows with the HMRC. Steve was intrigued as to what she was up to seeing Ted and decided to investigate. He spotted lots of new stuff in between the spasms. He smelled a rat. So there's definitely something going on there. Um, there's a Kata's Ben theory from Atrafel. Tom, now this is mad. Joe will have Kate killed, which will break her as she sets her up. Remember the trailer with both of them with their arms up? Mm-hmm. Joe got Kate in that position to have a corrupt AFO take her out I don't have the ability to think about one of the big three getting killed I think guys the chance of one of the big three being killed this season is quite high lies cost lives yeah I completely agree I really think it's looking that way guys Oh, guys, I'm so stressed. Okay, here's a couple of random... I'm kind of excited for the drama. Brendan O'Loughlin. I am. Come on, it's Brendan. a TV show. We couldn't handle it. We've all had a horrible year the past 12. I couldn't be dealing with that now. No, I That's want them all back together. together. Happy family. You've like, had a horrible year. I don't know. I just nope. love the drama. <laughs> no. Okay, well then let's really quickly then. Okay, okay, guys, if it had to be one of the big three... Oh, no, don't Brendan, do this. Do you think it's no. Gonna be? no, 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 no. I couldn't possibly. I wouldn't like to see any of them Are you die. serious? Yeah. After what you just said, well, I think if it's going to be anyone, that it's going to be Steve. <laughs> Sorry, I love the way you just jump in and you're like, don't do that, Steve. I think Ted's on his last legs professionally. Uh, he could be leaving the force by the end of this if that 50k story comes out. Steve, his pills and his apparent addiction could be his downfall. Um, Kate, we don't know anything about her life. Kate has been, she's a great detective. We don't know anything about her. It's always Steve getting thrown down the stairs. I mean, there's more to that situation. We've discussed that previously. Guys, I don't want it to be any of them. I can't handle no. that. I'm honestly, I'm actually getting stressed. I'm getting stressed at the thought. So I'm getting stressed as well, but I still want to be able to say I was right when it happens, okay? <laughs> um, so some random um, tweets. Al J. Watson said H equals Hillside. We know that Dot worked at Hillside. Yeah. However, please cast your minds back to the last scene of season five, that appalling scenario which they reshot with Craig Parkinson where H Guys, you have to remember the H theory is actually debunked. He was never saying H. He was using the Morris code for four. H equals four. So we don't need to find someone with a H name anymore. We just need to find the fourth dot. But also, guys, there's a fundamental problem with this entire storyline in that if they find the fourth officer, it's not as if you can go, oh my God, done and dusted. Great job, everyone. Pat on the back. Bye bye. We've solved police corruption because it will continue forever. The story doesn't end. No, however, it might end for us. And this is a horrible part of my personality that I'm going to reveal. <laughs> that while I'll be devastated, um, imagine if it was one of the big three and there was just this big reveal and Jed knew all along. And when you go back and rewatch it, there's clues all the way that you never picked up one until you get to that moment where I, you find out that. Yeah. I hope that's what it is going to be, to be honest. I hope it is going to be that. And that when you, exactly like you say, when you watch back, you're like, oh yeah, there, 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 there. Like, have you ever seen the first Saw movie? No. No. Spoiler alert. If you don't want the end of it, well, can I just tell you about it? Because you're probably never going to watch it at this stage. It's like 20 years old. 
at the end, right? So the whole film is set in a room and the people are being tortured and they have to escape the room and they're being given like different challenges and stuff from this guy, right? Someone is already dead. So when they wake up, there's a dead body on the floor. He's like bleeding out or whatever. The very end of that film and the music comes in and it's the most shocking thing ever. The big reveal, the dead body stands up and it was basically a load of like makeup and a kind of like a cap on his head that like looked like he was shot. And it was the guy that they were taking the orders off all along had been lying in that room with them the entire time. Oh my God, actually, I wish I'd seen that now. That sounds amazing. Oh God, stop. It's absolutely the best reveal. So I just keep thinking and it's such, they pulled it off and then when you go and rewatch back the film, you're like, yeah, of course. But imagine they just done something. And I do think Jed has the skills. Yes, he does. Um, the show have, have earned a big reveal, but at the same time, we'd be devastated. But oh, it'd be so cool. I think it'd be boring um, if it wasn't one of the three, to be honest. I don't want to be either. Guys, I don't want it to be. I'm sorry. I'm not in it. I'm not in. I, I, I love all that in a movie or something, but not after 10 years of an incredible series. And I love them all so much. I'm just like, no, I don't think it would be plausible. I really don't okay, want well, it to happen. Okay. Okay, let's not push Rob over the edge. No. So at Kate Will, 3089-4628 says, Ryan is also undercover. Unlikely as it may seem, it has been planted by Kate. Well, I hope she's furiously annoyed at him for turning into a murderer then during his time undercover with the OCG because he killed John Corbett. Um, at Leanne underscore Joy 89, any suspicions about Gail Vela's producer? The actor is in six episodes, so may have a bigger part to play. He's the only one that would really know who Gail was talking to. Did he send AC-12 on a fool's errand knowing everything was wiped on Gail's laptops? There's definitely something going on there, guys. Yeah, I think that there, there's that whole situation is going to be revisited a lot. I'm obsessed with Gail Vella. I think she was a fantastic journalist. I would have loved to have listened to that podcast. Yeah, and then really quickly, oh yeah, I hope they release it and I think they might. It would be really cool if they just put up a couple of episodes. How good would that be for an accompaniment to the show? Um, so really quickly, at Ashley Bell 182, will Lisa come back and grass out Ryan? Very possible. I think her character is still in play massively. At Park in 1991, she speaking about Chloe, is dodgy. Need to get a side-by-side, but think she has an image of the chase on her computer before Farida turned up at AC12 in episode one. That I have seen those images. We yeah. can tweet those out. And finally, Alison Donnelly on Instagram said the similarity of Farida and Kate's outfits. She's speaking about the scene, Brandon, you spoke about earlier on when Farida is stalking Joe outside her apartment. Mm. The outfit is almost identical to what Kate wears to meet Steve in the underpass. Could the identities be mixed up on CCTV at some stage? There's also a very similar outfit worn by both Kate and Joe later in the episode. And Alison spoke about like the BBC having a great wardrobe budget this year and Lina Judy not really missing a trick. So what's going on there? She feels like there's a purpose to the outfit being very similar. Lies cost lives. That is it. So guys, thank you to everyone who got in touch on social media at Trying Pod on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram this week with a theory. 
And guys, thank you so much to everyone who emailed shrinepod at gmail.com. I am absolutely obsessed with the theories that we've got in. Um, first up, Annabelle Wilson asks, if someone noticed that in the first trailer that Kate is in an operational meeting with Ted, Steve and Chloe, so she's definitely rejoining the gang. Whether she's still deep undercover, only Ted knows, and Steve is still in the dark, um, that is that is a mystery. But we do know for sure that the team are back together, which means I, for one, will be sleeping soundly tonight. Well, Jesus, Annabelle, so <laughs> yeah, I did cop that in in whatever uh, preview clip I saw that she was in a briefing room with them. So come on. Now, Va- uh, Vandra mailed us um, and says that Kate is deeply undercover. Um, I know we've touched on on that earlier. Um, that she did call Ted the gaffer in episode one and um, thinks that Kate only tipped off Joe about AC12 to gain her trust. Uh, Lula Carr also thinks Kate is undercover and Steve doesn't know. Could be with AC3 or 9, like we said earlier. Um, so could be working with Carmichael, but she does believe that Kate's loyalties lie with AC12. Why would she be looking at Ryan's police file on her computer when they did raid AC12? that was up on her computer it was really interesting that slight second I completely missed it yeah. and eagle eyed fans spotted that on Twitter which was great do we know is Patricia Carmichael due to come back into this season is she listed on IMDB or anything I haven't checked I haven't checked but she did put up an Instagram post apparently a couple of weeks ago and she spelled the word definitely wrong oh clever <gasps> very good yeah um, someone tweeted that a few yeah because she hardly would have come into it for just like two massive episodes and then like gone I am going to prove that Ted Hastings is H and then we never hear from her again no no um, another theory now about whether Kate is actually working with Buckles um, it's from Colin Dunn he doesn't agree with the whole Kate being undercover thing um, he thinks that Kate could be working with Buckles because they've worked together about three times now um, maybe she's pretending to recognise Ryan maybe her and Buckles have been in on it together this whole time who bloody well nobody i'll just hop in there with an uh a reminder that both buckles and kate interviewed ryan back in season one Mm -hmm. and he does look quite similar to ryan as a kid like he's actually not changed that much you know some people can grow up and look completely different um i think his current face might jog your memory to what he used to look like. yeah it's like neil the baby in gavin and stacy looks the exact same oh neil the baby Someone else wrote into us, Caroline Pollard, and she's questioning whether Buckles is actually a bit of a brainiac. Um, she says, you know, maybe <laughs> Buckles could be bent and that is how Ryan ended up in MIT. But why would Buckles do this with Kate working there, knowing that they both interviewed him before? Um, she goes on to say that perhaps Buckles could have recruited Ryan in season one to be undercover in the OCG. She just thinks that Buckles is a lot smarter than he's actually portraying and he could be so playing all of us. I think he is. I think he's playing the stupid, lazy oaf. But I actually think he's a little bit more involved than we give him credit for. He's not the final H. Um, but but I don't think he's more dope. than just jazz mags. I think he's more than jazz mags, Brendan. Yeah. Um, Stuart Lamon says that his wife, who's a nurse, actually has a theory about Steve's back pain. Um, she says there's no way that two of those would be enough in reference to the pills that he popped. Um, as a former medic, it's very unlikely that Jed Mercurio would make this mistake, suggesting that Steve was faking the back pain so he could get a better look at her house and have a snoop around. I suspect this will crop up later in a Columbo-style end to an interview of Steph or possibly Ted. Fab. And yeah, that's really yeah, good to point that. out that Jed is a medical background. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, someone called Tim Griffiths wrote into us and they're like, does anyone miss horny Steve from season two? Um, he also thinks that Steve did fake that back spasm. Um, and he thinks Steve could perhaps be keeping an eye on Ted for someone, perhaps Patricia Carmichael. Um, 
Next up, Stephen Pickering asks, could it be the end for Ted? Um, He says that when Ted was talking to Kate and Steve, it sounded like he was hitting every single Ted cliche this episode. He even used the classic Bent Coppers line. I'm wondering if this, along with finally promoting Steve, is this all part of a Ted farewell redemption tour by Jed, which will end with Ted not making it through the season alive. We know that something shocking happens at the end of episode four. Um, Now a H theory, right? I know we were talking about how H isn't the last person, their name doesn't begin with H, but Callum in Aberdeen says that he does think the final H is someone with a surname Hall because we see the surname on a board in AC12 at the end of season four when all of the serving police officers with the surname H are displayed. Um, so Raymond Hall is the name which corresponds to this. And in series five, episode five, Tatleen gives Kate and Steve a document of authorised visits to the prison Lee Banks is being held in after Ted uh, visited him. And in this document, we see a Daniel Christopher Hall. Could they be related? Is Raymond sending a male relative in to see an OCG member? I think only time would tell. Also, Callum noticed that Ross Turner is an anagram for Ross Returns. As in, it was spelled Roz in season four, but her full name was Roseanne. Could Roz be making a comeback? Is she going to be the one interviewed by Steve in prison? We did see those leaked set pictures all the way back in the summer. I think it's very possible after Farida's comeback this season. Uh, That is That's my favorite theory of the week. It's so juicy. Obviously, we were chatting earlier about the Vela recording. We think that it's Jimmy Lakewell. A lot of people think it's Jimmy Lakewell. Um, But Anna Goldstone says um, that he was last seen at Blackthorn Prison, right? He did plead guilty to perverting the course of justice. Um, It wasn't revealed how long that prison sentence was. Will he be released soon? He was feeding information to Hilton about the OCG. So we know that Lakewell knows a lot. Lakewell did say that they planted uh, DNA. Your your body will turn up with your DNA on it. I think we were given details of how long Jimmy Lakewell was imprisoned for because we did the maths on this before and we mentioned that he is due out around now. Him and a few others were all due out around the same time so well, he could, be could back. definitely be coming out. Um, Frolicaholic on Instagram actually messaged us and says that she thinks that the voice on the podcast is Osborne and Olivia Collison on email reckons that Gail Vela's investigation on podcast is the perfect way to bring back all of the best characters from past seasons like Lindsay Denton, Danny Waldron and John Corbett and bring the story full circle. I think that's true. Now guys, there has to be something about Blackthorn Prison, right? So Lucy Mooney, Mm. she brought it up in her theory to us. She thinks there's a big Blackthorn Prison connection in the whole show. She reckons that it is Lakewell on the tape, but she wonders if Lee Banks became aware that Jimmy was uh, talking to Gail Vela, so instructed his career criminal brother into killing Vela, but then Carl knew too much and then he had to be killed off as well think that's very legit. Now, guys, next theory is probably the best email we've ever got into shrinepod at gmail.com. Um, it's from a guy oh called God. Steve, right? Steve is a postman. He listens to Shrine of Duty right. when he's um, out doing his post roundup. And he's like our very own Chiz, he says. Um, so Steve is from Donna D in Northern Ireland. And um, we know the show is filmed in Belfast. And when Steve was out doing his delivery this week, he spotted the actual silver van from the Bookies Aren't Robbery in season six, episode one, guys. I shit you not. He spotted the actual <laughs> he? car Joe from the show. Okay. So Steve says that he thought he was about to be abducted by Balaclava men, but instead he got us some information <laughs> instead. Okay. So I only saw this email this afternoon. Steve says apparently that the initial filming um, of that whole scene was in February last year before COVID. COVID happened. Um, so the van was lent out again in July, though, when filming returned. And a little birdie told Steve that the silver getaway van pops up again in the story later in the series. So on this podcast, we can't tell you what characters are returning, but we can tell you what vehicles could be back. 
What a legend. Hi, that's exclusive intel. Thank you, Steve. Um, now, obviously, Joe Davidson, that's what most theories are about this week. Uh, Rick Slatter got in touch. He says, um, thank you, Hannah, for telling him to watch Line of Duty with subtitles to get extra details. He did spot You're something very pass. interesting, though, when he actually put on the audio description tool as well as subtitles. That's oh, okay. okay, so guys, I only recently figured out the difference between subtitles and subtitle CC. Oh. One is literally the words that the people are saying. And the other one is for like, if you literally can't hear, so they'll include like birds talking, exhale, like, do you know, other noises, not just dialogue. Yeah. So that's what I think this, um, this listener is referring to actually listening to yeah, so all audio of the show description is for people who are blind to tell them what's going on in the scenes. Yeah. People who are blind, exactly. Or if you just like want to pick Steve up on some Steve walks through coloured graffiti underpass wearing stunning navy coat. L- literally that. Stunning so- navy coat and, and gasps while bird chirps and then the dialogue as well. Yes. So uh, Rick says that um, at the end of episode one, the narrator said that Joe hurls a glass of wine at an old picture of her mother. <gasps> so it's definitely her mum, guys. And um, oh, Rick wow. says that these ad scripts would be approved by Jed. That is so clever. Oh, that is really, really good. So good. Um, next up, That's Lewis deadly. Bryant has been in touch. He picked up similarities between Joe and Lisa McQueen from season five. Uh, he's wondering if they could share a similar past. Could it be possible that Joe was groomed by the OCG the same way as Lisa? We saw social services uh, record come up on Lisa's file and perhaps her and Joe went to the same girls or mixed home um, and they were indoctrinated by the OCG. They do share these similar traits of blending in extremely well, being expert liars and seemingly ruthless but yet behind closed doors the cracks begin to show serious emotional trauma. Um, Both Lewis and listener Paul Groombridge picked up on Joe's line to Ryan about rats. It's very like what Lisa said to John Corbett when he was dying after Ryan slashed his throat. Um, Paul says he would love to see Lisa return. Um, Lisa does is the only person who knows about Ryan being in the OCG. She knows everything. Yeah. Um, we did actually yeah. also have questions about whether Lisa was in fact working with Ted. Do you remember that hand signal that Ted it gave like to her? It looked like he rubbed a chin and it would look like it was a gun signal as in like there's guns coming. Yeah, so he basically saved her life. And then he life. did a backwards roll over a bale of hay. I will be so disappointed if we don't, if that doesn't play out into something. Yes, um, and she did tell, st- she, she did a show and saying that Lisa Lisa's character had unfinished business. Um, Roshanda mm-hmm. Sandal, who plays uh, Lisa McQueen. Anyway, yeah, Ted did basically be like to her here, jump over there, we thought so. And remember poor Miroslav Party Boy died. Yeah, which was brushed over. <laughs> it was quickly. brushed over. I miss Miroslav. I miss the club. Um, now, next one is Joe.x. Rowan Nicholson sent this in. Um, she came up with this theory while she was cleaning her bathroom, she says. What oh my if- God. What if Joe is Dot's ex? Um, a while ago, Jed said that these old characters that we've heard of, um, sorry, that old characters we have heard of but never met could be introduced in season six. We heard about Dot's ex-wife in forensics back in season three. Could Joe be his ex? Maybe the relationships with Farida and Kate are just a smokescreen. Maybe they never split and she is avenging his death, carrying out his dirty work and still making his famous chili. I really enjoyed that. Um, now, the locks on Joe's door are the next one. Um, Ellie Preston or Ella Preston sorry she brought up the locks on the door she's like surely AC12 checked her house and they would have been like what's all 
this. Um, they released her really quickly, which was also odd. Maybe they didn't check that property. Maybe so she has a number of properties. I also still want to believe that there is an ounce of good in Joe. Ella wonders if Joe and Ted perhaps knew each other. Um, and Mark Warburton finally thinks that Joe is being blackmailed by the OCG and that there are parts of Vela in her smeg fridge. It's possible that Joe thought that she had to do one thing for the OCG and then, um, you know, spot the armed robbery. But just like Denton in season two, when she thought she just had to drive a convoy. Um, but that's just the start. And now she is trapped. So that's very juicy. Also, I do want to know a bit more about Chloe. I yeah. know we had that mad theory that she could be Gates' daughter. I don't think that's the case, but um, I saw the best of LOD on Twitter, a great account to follow, wrote, imagine if Chloe is actually a UCO working for Carmichael and investigating Ted. Um, I would love to see Carmichael return. Um, that's so a good shout. That, that is, that's quite... Yeah, that's a really good we shout. We don't know anything about Chloe. She did really come into her own in this episode. She was absolutely fantastic, but we don't know anything. Can you put a UCO on an anti-corruption team? I guess you can. I'm sure you can buy another anti-corruption team. Because remember, Case went yeah, because that's why there's multiple anti-corruption teams because they can investigate, investigate each other that investigate the police that Jesus. investigate the police. Yes, yeah, so that's juicy. Um, so thank you so much to everyone for your incredible theories that you wrote to us, at gmail.com. Uh, also, I'd, li- I'd like to give just a very quick shout out to Hannah Barnett, who uh, sent us a lovely email this week. Uh, Hannah, we really appreciated it. And uh, thanks for listening. We do. Yeah, it was a gorgeous email. Um, Just a quick couple of observations of my own. Ted is still wearing his wedding ring. Oh, stop. Oh, God, love him. That's sad, but also... um. Is it just to kind of remind us there that Roisin may potentially be back and she's dating someone and does that matter? Um, also, shout out to Irish actor Michael Yair. He played Joe's fed rep, yes. John Fitz. John Ricks. John Ricks. Um, also, in one of the very first scenes, Joe was so quick to ask Ryan to make her a cuppa mm. when Kate began questioning where she recognized him from. Yeah. Joe broke up that conversation and was like, Ever I really make me a cup of tea? Uh, when Kate was like, I'm where's Ryan from? So I think she might know that Ryan that Kate could potentially know who Ryan is if she's okay. given long enough to figure it out. Um also we have a really quick what Jed said. Jed's been very quiet uh, this season. However, at Capital G five thousand tweeted us three photos of Joe Davidson and these came from Jed's Twitter stream, but they came from a couple of months or weeks ago. Um at Capital G five thousand said Joe at some point gets promoted to superintendent what happened to Buckles, if that's the case. Um, oh. And he can tell that, or that account can tell that from the badge on Joe Davidson's uniform changes to that of a superintendent. We will retweet this tweet so you guys can go and have a look. She's in a couple of images just messing around on set with Kate. Wow, that's an amazing observation because I don't understand the uniforms. Yeah, very but she's been promoted. I don't understand them either. But she's been promoted. Who promoted her? Was it the chief? If so, what happens to Buckles? Was he removed? Has he been killed? Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Very interesting. Okay, before Patreon shoutouts and a wrap-up, Hannah, you've got to look at what to expect from next week. Yeah, now I hope that this uh, this clip basically dropped just before we came on to record. And I've watched last week's episode three times and the week before three times. And I don't remember seeing this. So I hope it is in fact new and not just a repeat. <laughs> um, so Steve... Steve and Ted are talking in Ted's office and it's dark. Steve says, Gaffer, it can't be a coincidence that Carl Banks was a violent offender involved with organized crime. 
Ted says, yeah, but if your man did pull the trigger, that means he's a gun for hire. The order came from higher up, but the question still remains, what is the motive for Gail Vela's murder? All right, she's a controversial journalist. I'll give you that. But there's no evidence to suggest that she dug up anything that wasn't there before. And Steve replies, maybe she was working on something that would. And then the pair share a very suspicious look. Release the Gail Vela podcast. Now, Hannah Pet, I'm sorry to break it to you, but that was in Did this week's episode. Happened? Yeah. Well, guys, I really hope you enjoyed my um, <laughs> retelling of a scene. Of a scene that I watched pre-fucking times. And heard me relay to you there about 40 minutes ago as well. Heard you relay. And that did trigger to me that I still decided to reenact for you. You're extremely Well, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you very much. You're very committed I will just tell you one, one other quick thing that I can confirm has not been in the show yet. So the Radio Times released three first look images from next week's episode. We see a handcuffed Terry and he is reunited with Ryan Pilkington. He leads him towards the police car. Then we see the pair sitting in the back of the car together. And guys, honestly, you're not going to be okay after this. At Emma Thoth on Twitter is worried that that same police car is the one we see headed for a dark lake in the season trailer. My God! Oh, good God! Um, well, we we don't have a trader for next week, but uh, I, I'm sure it'll be up in somewhere no. on the socials at some point. <laughs> <laughs> at Shrine Pod, guys, for the for the latest content. Um, now before we go, we have two bits of very exciting news. Um, first up, if you are living in Ireland and you want to go back and rewatch or watch Line of Duty for the first time, the the uh, series one to five of Line of Duty box set is launching on the RTE player this week. Uh, so the first five seasons of the show are going to be available from Thursday, April 1st. So tell your pals if they are looking to catch up and catch Bent Coppers. Now, guys. guys that's absolutely huge because it's gone off Netflix and we don't have the opportunity to watch the BBC iPlayer over here. Exactly. So we can all go back. And I wanted to do this during the week. I wanted to go back and watch the episodes where Buckles and Kate interview Ryan in season one. And it wasn't available to Mon, and now it is from Thursday. So I think that's brilliant. It is fab news. Now, next up, a very exciting competition for Line of Duty fans living in the UK to enter. So we are giving away a place for Jed Mercurio's full script writing course with e-learning platform BBC Maestro. Maestro. Maestro? Maestro, Maestro. yeah. Um, so it's called <laughs> Writing for Drama Television. So uh, if you or someone you know is a budding TV writer and wants to learn from the best, as well as getting some writing secrets from the new series, you can head to our Instagram to enter. We are at ShrinePod. Follow us, comment under our competition post, and the winner is going to be announced in the next few weeks. Um, also, if you didn't know this, uh, to coincide with the release of season six, Jed has recorded a free series of short videos called Between the Lines to complement this course. So each week he explores um, notable script writing technique from the latest episode. It's a one to two minute video. So check them out, bbcmaestro.com forward slash Between the Lines. That's really, really good if you are interested in in writing television like such a good opportunity incredible prize so get entering at Shrine Pod mm-hmm. you have to live in the UK uh, that is it for this week's Shrine of Duty as always it's uh, it's been a pleasure as always um, you can follow the podcast on patreon.com forward slash Shrine Pod um, you can support us if you are able to and shout out to some new patron Kates uh, Cheryl Gannon Tamara Salter Lauren Russell Laurie Street Elaine Campbell and Mark Rippey and more we see you we love you we appreciate you we Make love you guys sure- thank you 
make sure you hit the subscribe button and also um, we wouldn't mind if you could give us a cheeky five star review if you felt so generous stay safe uh, and you can keep in touch on social at ShrinePod or by emailing ShrinePod at gmail.com good luck see you next week end of your terminated gone piss off this is TV worth talking about so we want to hear what you have to say find Shrine Podcasts on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at ShrinePod 